Wrestler dude. I know one of y'all at least is a wrestler. So, uh, was. I hope I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but for me, that superintendent, man, that superintendent letter, it moved me up so much. Because he was just like, it was just like a cover your own ass kind of thing. And it was like, I will, you know, it was the kids' fault. Uh, you know, a fault line, you're going to really try to, you know, be strategic about it. And, and I think, so, I think and, and it's a perfect storm, Sharif. Like, it's a, like, this is the easiest campaign to run to. storm base that is going, and, and like, this, the, the union has spoke to the soul of people, basically saying, like, look, this is this thing is evil, this thing is right. Everybody loves, oh, no wonder I couldn't get it, because you missed them loves. Oh, uh, I did that first. Yeah, no, you didn't. Tell him that, but it's tell him that, you know everything. No, no, just let me finish, though. Let me finish, too, though. And this is the thing. I'm not, I don't care. I don't give a damn about a charter school. I don't give a damn about traditional school. I don't I don't care about private school. I can't, like, my thing is around, I feel like if schools suck in general, you should be able to choose what you want to choose. We got that. But, 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 but I feel like, I don't need to on my part, though. I agree. Okay. All right. Clap. Ray, stop. Sit down. <laughs> Do not. Oh, God. Oh, I got to get a salary for this. I got to get a salary for this. All right. Okay. It's all about reality, not about a salary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to do the UTLA strike, baby. I got my points ready. I know it works. All right. All right. In three seconds. Welcome to the Eight Black Hands podcast. Uh, I am Charles Cole III. Honored to be back here with you all. And I get to share this spotlight with three amazing brothers in education. We got Citizen Stewart, uh, Chris Stewart. He got a bunch of different names. He can tell you all of them when we go, to, when he gets to you, when we get to him. Um, we got Raymond Ankrum and we got Sharif L. Mecki. Uh, today we are talking about, uh, Ray wrote an amazing article called Addressing the Anti-School Choice Noise and just talking about the criticism and all the things in the ether. Uh, so Ray is going to lead us off and tell us what his article is about and then we're going to jump in and have this conversation. Ray, take us away. Definitely. Uh, you can find more about me and you can find more about this article at RaymondAnkrum.com. Um, so this article, it kind of touched me because I was talking to one of my homeboys, actually one of my fraternity brothers, and, and he's a, a New York City public school teacher. And so, you know, every time I post something on Facebook, he's always jumping in, chiming in, talking about, I hate charter schools, charter schools this, charter schools that, or whatever. <laughs> and so I, I, I reached out to him because I was like, man, like me just chiming back, correcting his spelling, and like doing all these obnoxious, <laughs> these, these obnoxious things to kind of get his attention and make him stay off my page wasn't working. So I'm like, all right, let me reach out to this guy and like really pick his brain as to like why he does not like charter schools. And so he came over like four legitimate concerns in regards to charter schools. And so that kind of spearheaded my thought process in terms of, uh, in terms of putting this out. And so one of his first concerns was, you know, there's a lack of African-American leadership in charter schools. Which I was like, yo, that's legit. So let's dig in. Let's talk about it point by point, and then uh, I want to get you guys' take on it. Well, one of the things that that's actually incorrect is that charter schools have more diverse leadership and staff than traditional public schools. Yeah, I mean, I think so many this, this stuff is like localized, and so mm -hmm. you know, people may you know may experience something with the the chart up the street, but that's not really what's actually trending or what's actually happening, right? Like it's, it's some of the criticism with like a, 
a non-traditional certification program, TFA or Relay, and people are like, oh, there's a, you know, white, white, white. Like, you know what? They're actually more diverse than the university up the street that you're, um, that you're saying is the, you know, the way. And so I, I think, you know, a lot of, you know, there's, there's just a lot of information. And, and in some places, yeah, he may be right. And in other places, he may, it may not be right. And so, you know, everything's I, local. Right. I think this is a point for Charles to address. Because in our last, um, you know, there was this issue around there's the truth. And then there's what the public likes to talk about and say. And sometimes those things don't match up. Uh, the strategy for me when I know something's not true and it, and it involves kids is I, I work really hard to just recenter children. So it was kind of what you were saying last time, Chris, but it's like, look, here, here are the stories about these horrible, bad charter schools or magnet programs or whatever. And here are the great stories of like, traditional schools and if we only pay teachers more what could happen and then all you got to do because we black is put a black kid right in the middle of that and look at all the statistics from all these folks and then that picture becomes a bit clearer right but what i try to do is recenter folks on what's like um important because if you don't you're going to keep having the conversation of like i call it the uh the emperor's new clothes effect where everybody's insecure about their, edu their, their information about education. So they like all are like rocking with the emperor is like, everybody's afraid to say that the emperor is naked. And then I feel like in our public school system, like it's naked as hell, right? So <laughs> once you can show everybody that they walking around here with their junk hanging out, then we can start to have a real conversation. But, um, but I mean, to Ray's point though, like to, to his situation, we're all gonna be in that situation where people are on our Facebook page, right. people we know <laughs> who know the work that we do. We're going right. to say something that's outright crazy. Maybe it's a family member even. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to address it in some kind of way. You can't just, I don't know. I am, like, yeah, you know. no, I inform. I inform, right? I inform. I start off by saying, I mean, whatever choice you make is the choice that you make. I, I mean, listen, man, like, we just in this time where I think people are talking about freedom of speech, but they don't really mean freedom of speech or freedom of choice. What they mean is you free to agree with me and say what I say, or you free to make the choices that I make. And if you're not, then we're going to ostracize you. Like, I got to keep that same energy, right? So if you just love your traditional public school, then go forth, right? But like, if you just are factually incorrect, here are the facts. But also, I'm willing to, I'm willing to sit with you and have a conversation with you, especially if this ain't your field. Like, if this ain't the thing you do, then I'm with it, right? Like, I, I, I look stupid having an argument with a, a, an architect on Facebook talking about how buildings get made. I look dumb. But education is the only topic that people feel comfortable doing that because everybody thinks they're an expert because everybody went to school or everybody got a kid or whatever the case is. Like, no, you can still be uninformed, right? So, like, I try to inform people, and then I think you get to a place where it's like, look, you're not going to get everybody, but here go this truth, and I'm going to sit it here, but I'm going to also try to make it in a way where I got a little bit of empathy for you and how I explain it. Right. Yeah, and so, I, I would just say, like, what Raymond, like, the point that I think your friend was trying to make or, like, the perception, a part of it is, is, is still real, right? Like, and so, mm -hmm. like, even if there's more diverse leadership, when you look at overall, teachers in general are, you know, are white. And so, like, you know, the, the new charter may not necessarily change that. So just, just people perception, whatever they left with the perception. But I would also say the people who start charter schools, especially in the very beginning, the, like, the, the major ones, like the, the uh, what do you call it, like the networks, yeah, it, was a very, it, it was very white. Right. right. And so like that's also a part of it. So when a person says like, oh, I view that as as a as a white, you know, institution, you know, they it, it really depends on what they're looking at. If they're looking at like the founders. I went to I went uh, I was at a conference 
and they flashed up the pictures of, you know, kind of the original founders, you know, the mm -hmm. divine nine of charter schools or whatever. And um, it, was, it was very, very, very white. Right. And so I think I think that's more so I think that's more so the, the, the angle that he's going with. Not not necessarily talking about like the focal point in the school per se, but talking about you right. know people that are designing these charter schools, they're not black. And so, you know, that, that leads me to my next point of you know, the NFL has a Rooney rule. So uh, for, for those of you that don't know, for the listeners that don't know, in the NFL, if there's a coaching vacancy, um, the organization has to interview I don't know the exact number, but they have to interview an African-American candidate, given the fact that the, the, the NFL is majority black. Uh, it, it would only make sense for them to uh, interview a, a, a person of color as, as, a, as a coaching candidate in their vacancy. Even if, even if the interview is only 15 minutes and, uh, and all the other candidates uh, is like five, six hours long, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if the African-American candidate has to fly there on his own dime, I mean, you know, they, they still can check that box saying that, you know, they did it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think in, in, our, in our areas of, uh, of urban education, like a Philly, like a, like a Richmond or like a Detroit or a Gary, Indiana, those first 48 cities, I like to call them, um, there should be a rule that an African-American needs to be thought about and needs to be a finalist when they are presented to the Board of Education for these superintendent vacancies. I truly believe that in my heart. Why? Really? What if they trash? Yeah, and why? So, why do you so, think, so, why do you so, believe so, that? So, so, why, so, why at the superintendent level? Well, so first and foremost, right? Um, it, it, well, actually, I, I was about to say something that I knew was going to be incorrect. So let me pull that back. Because I think change, starts, change in any organization starts from the bottom up. So putting that person at the top doesn't necessarily mean that change is going to happen. And so what I mean by the, as a finalist, like, first of all, like anybody that knows becoming a superintendent is a rigorous process in terms of what you have to go through in order to make the final stages of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we are casting a wide enough net in order to get an African-American or a minority candidate at that final stage, then clearly that person knows what he or she is talking about. Right. And so even if you don't hire that person, you still have perspective in terms of like what direction you want to go in um, based off of what the minorities want from mm -hmm. the bottom level all the way up to the top level. And so for me, I'm thinking, all right, I'm, I'm having you come in. I'm having you do a 30, 60, 90 day plan in terms of like how you would turn this district around. Right. And then I'm going to match these and I'm going to see what's common and what's not common. And then whoever comes in, like I'm putting this in front of you. I'm like, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. This is what the goal is for the district in order for us to get this district moving. OK, so fair or unfair, uh, most trash districts have a black superintendent. Our biggest city uh, trash school districts have black superintendents. Fair or not fair? That's fair. I mean, you know, like so, so when we talk about our trashiest big urban districts in the United States, <clears throat> they kind of like put us on our ass when, we, when we're talking about diversity because a lot of them have black school boards. Well, why you got to do this to me? I don't know, bro. I'm just like, like, like your Rooney rule is about a charter school Rooney rule. So I was with you. Like you, there needs to be more black people right. starting schools. There needs to be right. more talented black people starting right. schools and, and not New Yorkicizing. The thing that I think that gets people hung up on charter schools is New York because New York has a lot of white leadership, yeah. uh, right. a lot of prominent white leadership that everybody knows about so people think it's that way everywhere like all across the country in charter schools but when you start talking about districts and superintendents i'm like mm, well you know well, like, and, listen and, and, i want black people to have jobs but i mean damn 
And here's the thing too, right? And I, and I actually agree. I mean, we, my organization made a similar, uh, we made a similar push about the Rooney Rule, but for the for districts and for charters. And ours was a little bit different, right? It's the same concept. The point is, is that when you are going out to hire, right, is that you are looking at minority candidates. That's not saying that you got to give these people that job or whatnot, because people might not even be qualified or whatever the case is, they might not be the right candidate. But what we wanted to do is it would allow the district and our charter partners to make a, a baseline of how are we targeting minority candidates? How are we tar targeting minority teachers? And our minority teachers that we already have, how many are we retaining? So then you got a baseline. So now year over year, you can make plans against that baseline and try to grow the baseline. So when we talked about the Rooney Rule, we talked about it as a way to get data and a way to make these organizations conscious of who they're targeting, right? So, you know, if, if, if we reached out to X amount last year, well, maybe we need to go and do a HBCU tour for potential teachers that we can put through our pipeline. Or maybe we need to look at, just to your point, Ray, where I can still rock with you, right? It's like, who are the upcoming stars throughout the country that's on track mm -hmm. to be superintendents that are people of color? And are they ready? And what do we do to like make sure that they get ready to the next rule? So, so and the Rooney rule, just for example, is also a little bit under attack because a lot of black coaches got fired this got year. Fired, but, it doesn't yeah. change, but it doesn't change the fact. Well, and I would argue that some of those black coaches actually deserve to be fired. I was about to say, but it doesn't winning records. Do they have winning records? Right, right, right. And, it, and, and it doesn't, but it doesn't change the no, fact, right? No. It doesn't, but it doesn't, but the Rooney rule still stands as it doesn't change the fact that even like you said, Sharif, maybe they looking at him for 15 minutes or whatever, mm -hmm. but the fact that you have to you have to be responsible for showing how much you're going after minority folks. I think that that does help change the, 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 uh, the outcomes for stuff. So that's, that's how I see the Rooney rule piece, not to hijack your point, but I wrote something similar. So, um, I just didn't think that you were capturing the essence of like, like, I feel like I knew what you were saying, but the way you explained it was, it just sounded different. I yeah, think there I should just... be a Rooney rule with funders. That's what I think. That would be nice. Like, like, like funders should have to see at least one black candidate for every grant that they, they're going to give out to these schools. That's a different podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, <laughs> like, listen, if you want, I, I you mean, want your school to be funded or not, is, what do you mean a different podcast? Yeah. You, you want money or not? The idea is diversity. <laughs> yeah. The idea is diversity and inclusion, um, you know, and how, how implicit biases feed right. people's perceptions of qualified candidates. Right. And, that, you know, back to the NFL, I would say, like, you, you asked about the winning record. Are we saying like every and I don't know, um, but has, did every losing record coach get fired or no. is it skewed towards, you know, Definitely skewed. black coach? Right. Like, I, I think that we can't remove race from any of this, any of this stuff. When I mean, you're talking about like hiring and who gets fired and who gets supported. I think uh, Chris brought up a uh, Charles brought up a really important uh, piece around the bench. Right, like who gets mentored, who gets supported, who gets right. opportunities from the bench, regardless of who the superintendent is currently. What Absolutely. does the bench look like? Who's being supported? Who can say like, yes, I'm being groomed for mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, and it could be multiple people being groomed, and then saying like, hey, who is it, and how diverse? How diverse is it? And I, I would say like, and I, I don't know all the like, you know, all the black superintendents, but I would also uh, say like, you know, how many times because we see this in schools a lot too. The black superintendents, is the school, school district failing because of their leadership or were they handed something that was in the, you know, 10th level in the ground and they are bringing it up but it is, right. and it's still struggling, right? Like, I think that and it happens in schools too. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? Those kids, that's, that school is devoid of resources. They're, it's in a struggle neighborhood, but you look like them. 
go forth. We're going to hire you for that. Right. Like, like yeah. I, when I look at like the, the elite schools and, you know, in the, in the certain neighborhoods, the affluent neighborhoods, even in the public system, how many of right. them have black leadership? And right. so then, yeah, then it can, we can look at it and say like, Oh, black leaders, failing districts. Like, yeah. Like how often are they in situations where they, even if things were just even and they had to build on, right? Like that's, that's rarely the case from my experience. Well, it's hard, to, it's hard to know the difference between the two. I mean, uh, I got a call yesterday about a school that's closing, four schools that are closing. One of them's a black In the school. same network or just in general? Just in general. Got it. Came before a body, and, and I was ready to get mad because one of them was a black school that felt like they didn't get treated well and, you know, everything you were just saying. And I was ready to be that dude who jumps out for them and whatnot. And several people said to me, nah, bro, they need to close. And I was like, I was like, you know, and here's the so thing, messy. like a school like so this, messy. like, you know, listen, y'all so messy, <laughs> we bro. We down Petty Boulevard, but, you know, listen, it, listen. Y'all need a Petty Honeymoon. He's going to be Petty <laughs> Roosevelt. He's going to be Petty oh Roosevelt God. on this podcast. You, you but, helping him. What you mean, y'all? Is he through the alley-oop to you? That's right. That's true. That's when I dunked the hell out of it. Y'all are the opinion stack of, of shade right now. So anyways, this is my point, though, is like there's no easy answers. In some cases, like, you know, I've seen superintendents who I think fit the bill for what you just said, Sharif. They didn't get they got a raw deal like they got put into something. They didn't get all the support they needed and they're getting driven out of town on something that maybe a white superintendent wouldn't. And in other cases, you have other people around folks telling you on the ground, like, man, that school needed to close. And, and mm -hmm. you know, you like, it puts you in a bed. You know what? You almost get mad at your own people sometimes in that situation. You're like, now, why you put me in a situation where I should right. be defending you? But everybody around you is telling me that you, you, you know, used your credit card for the wrong things. You know, took vacations you weren't supposed to take. You know, did all this. And, and, and you know, we don't like to air our dirty laundry like that. And it might be a mix of the two. That's when it gets worse, when it's a mix of the two. Yeah, you are being treated unfairly, and you did help and you yourself. Right. And you messed and it you up. Mess. Now you done oh, made man. it real hard for me because I got to be able to figure out how to advocate for you at that point. Well, yeah, I think sometimes we get in a situation where, like, oh, you know, folks are promised, adults are promised certain things. You know, at the end of the day, like, again, like, as, as Cole mentioned in the last one, like, you know, when we center these 8 million black students, the, the promises, the weight of the promises has to be to them and their families, right? And, uh, you know, and with that, we also have to take a, you know, a broad view of things of, like, what will support them. Like, yes, our students need more um, people in leadership in schools and districts and on school boards that look like them and not just the people who are in the schools like in the school system because that's siloed but also the things that are adjacent to schools that impact schools also need much more diversity so like like we, this isn't a new thing where we have to fight for diversity and that doesn't mean that because you're you know you're a black man that you shouldn't be held accountable for you know outcomes for students right right and and i mean and and i want to I want to give Ray some props, even though he's probably going to interrupt me, even as I'm saying something good about him. <laughs> this is the one time he's right. not. This is the one time he's not. Going to he's listening intently right now. Okay, he's like, I know it's called a good hosting trick. So, 
but right undersold his article. And I think that y'all should all go out and read his article. And it, it's titled Addressing the Anti-School Choice Noise. And basically, the four points that this person brought up, I think were really good points, like Ray said. Let me just say what the points are. One, lack of African-American leaders in charter schools, which we just covered. Two, charter schools are ill-equipped to deal with psychological trauma of students. Three, charter school staff does not often reflect the student body. And then four, charter schools have high teacher turnover. Now, I love these arguments that this man made, and I think that's great. And then for me, what I would do is say, okay, great. Before I even give you my opinion, what should we do about that? And he'll probably give you all these answers, close them, do this, defund, fund, whatever, right? And then you say, that's great. Because every single one of these arguments is exponentially happening more at traditional schools. And so, like, if that's the case, if you feel that strongly and now you have become an education advocate, right, because you've pinpointed the four problems of charter schools, and now we realize that it's happening at a much greater base in traditional schools, how do we apply your solutions now to the traditional sector? And so, like, when somebody says charter schools are ill-equipped to deal with psychological trauma, and you think that the neighborhood school <laughs> that your kid is going to that's underfunded, that, like we just said in L.A., it was 1 to 750, you know, ratio for counseling? Oh, that school's not ill-equipped? What about, you know, charter schools don't rec reflect the student body? In Oakland, we're 35% African-American, 40% African-American. Latinos are by far our largest population, and maybe 10% of our teaching population is Latino, right? So that's, that's traditional. You know, teachers, charter schools have high, turnover, high uh, teacher turnover. When I worked at Teach for America, that was the thing that everybody talked about, right? They talked about y'all ain't got black teachers and all that stuff. When we do the data, TFA is the largest black pipeline of new teachers in the country, for one. And then two, our district at OUSD had a much higher turnover rate of traditional teachers than our TFA teachers of color did by far what? in that district, right? Really? Yep, it wasn't even close. What? It wasn't even close. So, and then, so, so when we talk about these things, right, we talk about putting facts up front and doing it in a friendly way. I think you started an amazing conversation with your friend, Ray, and now I think when you push it back on him from a traditional sector, just see if he can keep that same energy. Like, and if he can't, then, like, have a conversation about why you don't feel comfortable saying this about these traditional schools that you do about these charter schools. I think a lot of these, yeah, I think a lot of these arguments, like, they should even start off with traditional or charter. Most right. of these arguments should just be, like, schools. Public schools right. aren't diverse enough. Public right. schools don't have enough diverse uh, leadership. Public schools aren't serving black kids well. Public schools have a high turnover rate for, for teachers. Public schools right. have a lot of, of educators who aren't prepared to, to honor, serve, and work, and be effective on behalf of black Absolutely. kids. Like, I, like, that's my thing. Like, like stop putting this, this subtitle on it and just say public schools. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's happening. And whatever are you, you know, like I was having a conversation early this morning about this idea of, you know, like my thing is just don't choose for your kid and then try to stop other people. That's Absolutely. my only gripe. That's Absolutely. my only thing. And I don't, you know, I tell people, I'm like, I'm not pro-charter or anti, like I spent more time in my traditional district school than I have in a charter. Right. And this is my 27th year. Most of my years have been in traditional. So I'm not going to like just bash traditionals because I know some of the work that's, that's done there, a lot of the work that's done there. I know right. that a lot of charter, like good charter school teachers actually learn from traditional folks. Like they were there first, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so all of that is, is true. It's just like, don't do or navigate your way and get yourself in this, in this, your kid in this situation that you feel is best fit and then try to, try to stiff arm everybody else trying to do Absolutely. the same thing. That's my only thing. 
But, you know, as like Chris Emden said, like, yeah, you know, it's trash, all, enough trash to go around. Oh, Bro, you're not plugging <laughs> Chris. Yo, you're not, yo what is why, happening? Why, why you hate no Chris Emden now? Here we go. What's wrong with y'all? I think his exact quote. I think his exact quote was sort of like we're giving exact quotes. I don't like. I'm terrible with quotes because I I think I just I can't. That's okay. He is my mind. Keep going. But the the idea was he's like some people are saying like oh I'm pro charter or I'm pro traditional. He's like. Everybody's trash when you look at it from a black kid's perspective. Right. And what did, what about that is wrong? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't got he, he didn't go on Roland Martin and, and bash traditional schools. He went on Roland Martin and, and bash charter schools and specifically black people starting charter schools in his well, I didn't see that. You're not, you're not gonna be doing it on my, my on my watch, fam. I mean we, we, and, we in the Pentecostal but tradition. I mean practice what you can disagree. I get that. But I get that, but I mean, but like Nah, man. I, I because it's the thing. It, it, it's if we gonna act like it ain't a charter traditional war out in these streets, then we just that's just us lying. And and that's why I get heat from everybody, right? Like and I the, said, the like, charters are. Let's be real. The charters are not firing. It's like like if you watch Rambo and he talks about first blood, the district <laughs> always, district people always fire first blood. I know so many charter people that don't have anything to say at all about That's anything inside their door. That, that, it happens no, both, both ways. It's not, it, wait, wait, wait. It's not, it's not it true that I don't know a bunch of people in charter world who don't I didn't say that. anything until they're in the newspaper because people are like coming after them. That happens every but it's day. But it's, it's a lot of people in traditional day. schools. It's a lot of people in traditional schools that take the same approach. No, like, no. it's a lot of people. It's, it is. I mean, well, it, well, in, I'm in, just saying, in the war, I don't know many charter people that are concerning themselves that much with running full campaigns and against traditional What I'm saying schools. is I do. Like, you do? I, in really? Oakland, I definitely you, do. I do. In Oakland, you know charter school people that are spending their time, energy, and money yes. on running campaigns. Yeah, I think even I if do. it's, I think you're crazy. I, think yeah. even yeah. I know the same people, I'm not crazy. right? Because because we're being outspent ten to one on these campaigns. I'm looking at the campaigns. District whole yeah. districts and whole teachers yeah. unions are running full budgets, like with full staff. You have some advocacy groups, but people going to work every day as a principal in a charter school saying, or whatnot what are worried what about I'm, like staying alive. What I am saying is, let's not act like it's not a traditional charter war in these streets. Regardless, like listen, man. I get listen, either I'm the I'm the I'm the privatizer or whatever the case is, or I hate charter schools. Like I don't but like I feel exactly what Sharif said. I, I think that there is so much trash to go around. I, like just how do you equip a black parent to just be prepared for all this stuff? That, that's what I'm more concerned about. Like if you a trash charter school, then you should probably close. If you a trash traditional school, you should is probably anybody, close. Is anybody fighting against the right? of a parent to have access to a magnet school or a district school, I would say, I'm gonna answer my own question. I think so. I'm gonna answer my own question because I know you're about to say this, both sidism. No, nobody is, no, Nobody is fighting to prevent a black parent from having access to district schools. There are many people fighting for that same black parent to have pathways out of those schools into either private schools or non-district schools or non-unionized schools. Uh, Stuart, I, no, uh, I would that, say there true. are there are plenty of white parents who are trying to make sure that black kids and brown do kids not do not take those magnet those magnets. Oh no, 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 I'm making it important. Their, I'm sorry, I get well, that. Yeah, I get in that. Gentrified I'm neighborhoods. About when, he, when he's talking about this charter district war, I am uh -huh. not talking about the parents who are trying to hoard opportunity within the district. I'm okay. just talking about straight up. If you can have a pathway out of this, who's fighting to keep you in it and who's who's allowing you to get out of it? 
If you are trapped in a education I've, desert, there are I've people seen, who are attempting I'm, to keep you in that education desert. So I've seen that. I see it, myself. and I see it when I go to school board meetings, mm -hmm. and I see it. I see mm -hmm. it from uh, white parents that come from the hills. I see it from. Black parents that got some bread and they can't go to a private school. And right. I see them telling black folks that they are doing their community a disservice if they don't want to, if they don't go to their neighborhood school. I do see that. I see that. I see people get shamed of that all the time. And when I work for the district, we had parents that I would go to that school and those parents would say, no charter here, or, you know, we need to go to our neighborhood school. And I promise you, those same parents will come after the meeting and say, hey, I heard Kip is opening up a new school here. How do I get my kid at the top of the list? And I would ask them, I would say, yo, why did you like disparage these other folks like right here? He's like, because you saw what this crowd is. You saw how these people were. Like, I live here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be, I don't want to set myself up as being against the community because that's the narrative that some of these people have to deal with. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying when I say there's a war. Like, I see that part happening. And guess what those parents ended up sending their kids? All them folks that said they did not want that charter school in that neighborhood, I would say the vast majority of them got their kid on that list as soon as they could, right? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... That, that's a reality, man. That's a reality yeah. that I've dealt with with real parents. I mean, I one of the battles... The, the point the, that I'm making, though, is when I'm on a panel with a person mm -hmm. who's arguing with me about reform, right. that person is arguing that there should only be a certain number of options. Mm -hmm. Like, public, unionized, bureaucratized schools is the only option right. that's on their, their palate. My point of view in that well, that's same argument, democracy, right? Right. And my point of view, right, right. And, and, and my, my point of view at that moment is one of us is arguing that a black parent should have one set of choices. Mm. And one of us is arguing that they, they should have, have, a bunch of choices. have a bunch of choices so that they can make a different choice for each of their kids or their situations. So that's the charter district argument right there to me. We're both yeah. one side is saying you should just be in districts with unionized teachers every day. Well, I, I have I'm two, saying no. Yeah. Well, I got two two things for that. One, like one of the most infuriating um, uh, scenes that I saw, um, you know, was once at our, our previously school reform commission, which is basically the school board, where this grandparent, grandma, black grandma, was, you know, she wanted her, she wanted to turn around school to become a charter, and this twenty-something-year-old white girl, white woman. In, the, in her union shirt, was screaming at her. Like, I almost, like, went over there, you know? See, but I was just like, you know what? Uh, I need to breathe first before I get over there because I don't want to do, I don't want to make the situation worse. I don't want to be, like, you know, then, you know, characterized as, you know, as something that I'm not. Angry black um, man. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't mind being called that. But, you know, oh, like, okay. I was, like, see, I was just about <laughs> to, like, you know, like, dream her out. And I was just like, that's not the best way to handle it. So, you know, right, like, right. she moved away. Um, you know, and I, so what I did was, you know, instead of going to her, I went to the black grandma, you know, and just, you know, just to like, is you okay? You need anything? You know, that kind of thing. But like, you know, how dare you? Like, this woman lives there. She's voicing and she's being, like, first of all, just like, like, you don't scream at, at, at grand, your grandma or anybody else's grandma. <laughs> like, you're like, where, who raised you? You know, that, that was one. The other, the, my, other, my second point that I think we can't lose in the, this versus that, like, I, 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 want, I want choices and the options to be quality, right? Like, if, if it's just, like, Wonder Bread and it's stale, and then the next Strowman is also stale, and then whatever the next one, the, the Thomas English Buffett is also stale, then someone <laughs> says, like, hey, this is 
your choice. You get to choose. Like, I'm like, yo, that's not choice. Like, that's mealy worms and, and all that bread. And you say, like, oh, just more of it on the rack. Like, I'm not for that either. And no, so, but like, then I come along and I tell you that's too many carbs, right? That's your problem right there. Your problem is carbs. Get rid of the carbs. Look, I'm, a, uh, look, I'm, I'm addicted to carbs. So that's, that's another no, story. You got to get, uh, get the keto going on, bro. Keto, that's, keto that's your problem. That's keto the, charter schools. Keto yeah, that's y'all problem. Your choice is a, is a whole bunch of continental breakfast. You need a real meal. That's your problem. <laughs> I get this though. You know, this is this is uh, something to me that's a hard conversation at that point though, because there are things that parents think are quality, and you may not understand why I think it's quality. You know, and 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 Charles, you've shown me some things just in Oakland, like the the stats, the the quality ratings, and the stuff that's going on. I think it can yeah. be real confusing because this is a part. I'm going to say this, and it, it kind of counteracts some of what I say most of the time, but there might be a school, um, there might be a school <laughs> that you may not get why I choose it, right? Right. And I don't care, right? Like, I, right. I, have, I have one child that has some needs that not everybody knows about, and I might pick a school for him where others would look at it on paper and be like, right, you're dumb, like, for doing it, but I would have my reasons, and, and from a lot of accounts, it, it won't look like a quality school. It's a quality school for him. It might not be a quality school for everybody. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And, and, and I mean, that was my question. That was going to be my question to you and to Ray since he wrote it was like, what if I live in a place and I don't feel like, and maybe they got all these things, but I don't feel like none of those things are quality, right? Like, it's like, how are we helping people define what quality is for them? Because again, I told you, I was, a, I was an athlete. I played basketball. Quality for I don't believe that. Well, I don't care what you read, right? Uh, so, any, anytime Ray, Ray wants to see ranked, he was, he was ranked. I was. This is your problem. I was. It's he all was good. Ranked, so, so, I'm not going to let Ray throw me off. Anyway, because I was, yeah. Anyway, so the point that I'm making it, but like, if I'm an athlete, right? Like, quality, like, how do we, how are we helping black families define what quality is for them, right? Because if, if I'm an athlete, there are some schools that are better equipped for my for my athletic prowess right like uh, what if that's the path that i'm trying to go down versus like if i'm not athletic you know what i mean like that be this is where we get into it, it being very personal for parents and how are we building up the agency of our community and our parents and our community centers to help parents one be agentic about what's best for their kids and then two be able to have the courage and the knowledge and navigational skills to go out and get that thing right i think that that part is really important do you do you well, support I mean, universal I choice do you just support just choice, period? Just universal. Whatever you want, you do it. What do you mean? Like, do I, do I support that? Do I yeah, think do you support that? that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for a black parent, yeah, absolutely. I think that, like... So you do I just vouchers? Feel, you do vouchers a whole for thing? For me? Yeah. I mean, if we got to take it down to, like, a, if, I, if I'm looking at everything and everything is, like, in this moment for this experience, this experiment that you're doing, for the most part, yeah. And here's what I would say, right? Wait, if my what's mama, that mean? <laughs> experiment, it, it, that's your question. <laughs> because I don't know, because I don't know what else is happening, right? I don't know what the, yeah. what what's what's closing. Like it's, it's you know how I feel about nuance. But I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question. You're gonna get the answer that you want. Okay. What, what I'm saying is, right. if my mama had an opportunity to get a voucher for me to send me to a private school, we, yeah. it's not even a conversation that's being had. You feel me? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, like, and that's, that, I guess the bigger question is, is like, are we teaching, like, why is it that black poor people have to be the people that's expected to sacrifice their babies to like this trough, as opposed to like, it's okay for people with money to do what's best for their family. Why is it such a bad thing to say what you just said, though? Like, like with vouchers, you know, I'm, I'm just 
unabashedly like I'm down for what you know as many avenues what's bad about that though I can answer that I don't I don't I don't I can answer that I mean I don't I'm not saying anything necessarily bad about it but if 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 I'm having that conversation if it's really happening there are other factors that I get to look at as well right like mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. Is, is something being lost by this thing coming like what's what's what does that mean like I just have a duty to kind of look at all the evidence there but for mm-hmm. this experience like but if if I don't know all that if I'm not Charles Cole and I'm not a part of this group of four men that's like that deal in education and know the repercussions of stuff, right? Like if I'm Renata Cole trying to figure some stuff out, the same Renata Cole that was at a kitchen table crying when they told her that if she used a, a fake address uh, to get me into Berkeley High School because it was the best school around at that time, that she would go back to jail. Like, like if I'm her and you got a voucher for me and I can go to St. Something, I'm going like my mama don't care like you know what I'm saying and she shouldn't and she shouldn't be made to feel a certain type of way because for black folks education is still the top way out of poverty and I I used to almost cry every day that I went to Berkeley High School so so, so, so see we just got different lives bro every day that I was on my way walking there I was walking Fairview the the BART station near Fairview Avenue walking to to Berkeley High every day about to cry about to be like oh lord why I'm going to this starter prison again hey Um, man (laughs) I I mean I want to go back to like what you I want to go back to what you said about like you know um, parents and they're choosing and like you know you're talking about like the dad and things like that I think one of the important pieces of like data that families get it like how their kids what they come home and say right like and so if, if i'm a parent and i'm struggling to you know ensure my 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 child is is you know happy in all occasions right and I, and a they're going to be somewhere eight hours a day and they come back miserable every day even if on paper that school is high achieving well my my daughter is crying every day Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to give part like the, for the same reason that, that Stewart said, like, hey, I, you know, I have a child that I'm, I'm looking for a particular thing to support that child. That's, as a parent, I'm going to be looking at that, too. Right. right. Like, that's going to be like, hey, is is that the right? Like, I hear what you're saying about the school and it's shiny and everything. Right. But my kid is right. like the stories that they're coming back telling me is not is not jiving with me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, you can keep your fancy brochure. Right. 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 I do, so like I do all of, that's y'all. what I mean. Like it goes back to that quality piece. We all have a friend in common. And I'm not going to Ingram. Don't make me. I'm not going to name names. But we have a friend in common who I argued with about choice. And 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 this friend had a child in a private school, and told me that the reason it's okay for him to have choice in a private school, but vouchers are bad, is because his family is educated and is prone to make good decisions. But the average black families that were using these these vouchers were not at his level, and I just thought that he hit you with a talented tenth uppercut, huh? Oh, I, mean, I was about to say that's the, that's the elitism. <laughs> that, that, uh, I was like, did you just really say piece. that? Did you say that? And and like someone who considers himself to be a champion for black people and for the black voice, and like you know, if, if a white person had said something like that, he probably would go off. But he literally did actually believe that because he understands these issues 
um, it's okay in his case to, to choose a private school, but you black know, folks, Chris, you know, others wouldn't. Let, Chris, let me, let me tell you something, Chris. Every time we about to have a good clean closeout, and I'm about to say, <laughs> everybody give us your final thoughts, you drop bombs <laughs> in the middle, right? And then you, like, and then I look crazy if I end the show on that, right? So <laughs> Chris just dropped the bomb that's going to be in there. People are going to say, why, why say, are we not? tuned in next episode. To the next you episode, can, bro. You can, yeah, well, you will tune into the next episode so we can actually unpack yeah. what Chris dropped off. Uh, but let's go around da, the horn and get everybody's da. last thoughts. Chris, Chris, can you start us off with your final thoughts? Then uh, Sharif, then and we'll 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 finish up with Ray since this is his article. I just think my my final thought on it is you have these people in your life who make these comments about choice and charters. And the the thing that I like what you said, Charles, earlier is always bring it back to centering the child. But I also want to say center the parent. And for me, it's a hundred percent about what do we get to choose for our children individually and, and not to have people tell us what we can and can't have. Yes, there are great arguments against choice. There are great arguments against charter school. There are great arguments against any type of school, but what I need people to do is just shut the hell up about what I choose and stick to what they want. Get what you got. Let me get what I got. You do you, I do me. And that, that'll just be the rule. Let that be the black rule. Mm, interesting. Sharif? Yeah, I think, you know, I would say one people's biggest argument about that is like how the systems work and everything goes back to like, you know, money. But um, I would, one of the things I would say is like, let's, my first argument, my ex- Two questions. One, where does your child go? Where did you go and where do you send your child? Like, to me, that says a lot about, like, you know, whatever people talk about, you know, if you're going to, you know, walk it like you talk it, right? Um, And then the other piece is we don't need to, whatever we say about charter, traditional, or whatever, or private, like, at the end of the day is what is the student experience? So whatever, all the criticisms and all the benefits can be applied to all types of school. At the end of the day, right now, black kids aren't winning when they're in front of adults, educators. Black kids aren't winning. Right. And so at the end of the day, that's what our, our focus needs to be. How do we make sure that we advance the causes of black children and make sure that they win? And then the other one is the, the last piece I would say is, you know, Stuart, we talked about this before, like the Monday morning question, where do I send my kid Monday morning? Because all you educated Negroes can philosophize all you want as you put your kids wherever you do. Where do I put my kid Monday morning? Mm. I think that was beautiful, man. Uh, I fully agree with you. I, uh, my final thought, uh, Ray, I think it was a really good article. And, you know, I'm actually inspired by your friend. And anybody else that has those four arguments, right, like, you know, I think sometimes we got we go crazy with our work, our woke warriorism. And so, I, what I would say is, if these are the questions that you got, and you only asking them for a charter sector, that I think you should expand. You could keep your criticisms, and I think you should expand it to larger systems that touch way more kids, and that will continue to touch way more kids. And that, you know, I just want to remind us that for a long time more than 50 years, because the panel's going to go with 50 years, but more than 50 years that black kids have been being failed in, our, in education in the United States. You know what I'm 150, saying? 150, bro. 150. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's triple, well, yeah. The, the, well, I, I, you, the only reason I say it that way is because I, I situated against Brown versus Board because that's the conversation that mm. white people like to throw in my face right after they, they quote Martin Luther King to me. So, Some black people too, though. Some black people too, though. 
Absolutely. So, so what I'm saying is, I think those are great questions, and I think that you know, when folks want to feel really froggish about being woke, that's cool. You know, what I'm saying I would just say ask ask the question the way Sharif said, like not why are charter schools like this, ask why are public schools like this, and then say now knowing everything that we know, why are we sending our kids to school anyway? <laughs> like, what, what what's the next thing look like? But that's a whole different podcast. So, uh, Ray, uh, can you take us home with uh, close us out about your article, fam? Absolutely. So, like I said before, you know, it, it's, it spearheaded me in the direction of, you know, I'm not afraid to have these conversations with anybody, you know, because, like, I believe in the work that I do. And so, since I'm, I believe in the work that I do, I have receipts. I know that my kids are learning to a high degree. Uh, I'm, not, I'm willing to have these conversations. I'm open. And I feel like other charter schools and other charter school leaders that are doing the type of work that we're doing, they should be open to have those types of conversations as well. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those types of conversations. I feel like that's how you inform people. Next, to close this out, I want to know, well, actually, I do know who Chris is talking about, but whoever Pam, that person no, is. We closing out, Ray. What are you doing? You no, just no, say no. thank you. No, I'm going <laughs> to say your ass is on the clock. Tune into the next episode. Oh my God, y'all! <laughs> people, my people, my Cole. people, my people. <laughs> this is Charles Cole. Uh, the, the thoughts and, and 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 points made by each of these people is just that—the thoughts and points of each of these people. Uh, this has been the Eight Black Hands podcast, and we hope that you join us again next week. Peace. <laughs>